This is Healthy Rounds with Dr. Anthony Alessi and is sponsored by St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center, Big Y Pharmacy and Wellness Center, Bratchford Eye Center, Coveris, and the Connecticut State Medical Society. Healthy Rounds provides general information regarding medical conditions and diseases. The information is not intended to create a doctor-patient relationship. You're encouraged to consult your own medical provider for advice that applies to your own medical care. And now, Dr. Anthony Alessi. On WTIC News Talk 1080 and WTIC.com. Welcome to Healthy Rounds, the show that provides you with up to date medical information and answers all of your health questions. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Alessi, and today um, we are really starting to get rolling towards summer. I understand that there may be summer may be coming uh, because we certainly miss spring. And uh, apropos to that, my guest today in the next segment is going to be Dr. Jennifer Penoyer. Dr. Penoyer is a board-certified dermatologist, and she's on the staff at St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center. So she's going to be with us discussing protecting your skin uh, and really the astounding statistics that are now involved in skin cancer, how to avoid skin cancer. We're also going to be talking about some of the cosmetic features of dermatology. With her, I'm going to give you the numbers now and try to give them repeatedly because I know this is a popular topic. It's 860-522-9842 and 1-800-966-9842. That's 966-WTIC. If you are a little shy and don't want to come on the air, you can email me directly on the show at info at alessimd.com. This Day in Medicine. June 3rd, 1873, Dr. Otto Lowy was born. Now, Dr. Lowy was a German physician, and he won the Nobel Prize in 1936. His work was on nerve transmission, and he did a lot of the original work on neurochemicals. So he came up with what eventually became known as acetylcholine. He looked at adrenaline and how it worked in the sympathetic nervous system, regulating heart rate. Um, and the small nerves going to your skin. It was an interesting history because he spent so much of his time in Europe and then in 1940 came to the United States, started working at NYU. And despite all his accomplishments, he, he felt that the environment here in the United States and at NYU was so perfect for going on for more medical discoveries. He became an American citizen in 1946 and passed away here in 1961. That's Dr. Otto Lowy, who was born in 1873 on this date. I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago in the Norwich Bulletin, and there's been a lot of good feedback on this one. And this one is about the yips. Athletes will understand that. The yips are a slang term for a condition that causes you to stop being able to do what you do so well. Perfect example. Rick Ankeel was a great pitcher for St. Louis, suddenly could not throw a baseball to play catch and still cannot. Uh, Yankee fans will remember Chuck Knobloch, all-star second baseman, golden glover, suddenly could not throw the ball to first base and cannot to this day. So it's an interesting condition. A lot of people feel that it's psychological. So we looked into that. There's a lot of feeling and they work with psychiatrists to try and get around this condition. 
Many neurologists, many physicians now feel that this is what we call a focal dystonia. Probably the best example of a focal dystonia is writer's cramp. Many people have had that. Suddenly, you, can, you can't write. And sometimes it passes. Sometimes you can get around it. But it's a movement disorder. And my guest was uh, in the article was Dr. Bernardo Rodriguez, who's a movement disorder specialist, a neurologist at the University of Connecticut. And, you know, there are medications that can be tried. The reason I bring it up again, and in addition to the column, is because I've had such feedback from parents and people who have experienced this, especially golfers. And in golfers, we often treat it with beta blockers. So there are treatments available. It's an interesting condition and really emphasizes how the brain has to coordinate to perform a relatively common function like throwing a baseball. A recent survey online I saw, should doctors counsel parents on the risks of sports? Interesting. In the United States, uh, the answer was yes in 82% of physicians and no in 18%. It's an interesting problem that many physicians face when it comes to sports when parents are looking for advice. I believe that we should be there as we are as healthcare professionals to provide advice. These are parental decisions. That's why they became parents. But we need to review with them the risks and benefits and let them make the decision. So our job is to really counsel people, not decide for them. Because there is so much information and, by the way, there's so much misinformation out there about sports. Sports are good for children. That's the basic premise. Question is, choosing the right sport that your child will like and enjoy and have them keep in good health. Radicava is a new drug that has just been released. It's an antioxidant. And the reason I'm bringing this up is it is approved for the treatment of ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Now, is this the panacea that's going to cure Lou Gehrig's disease? No. I don't believe so, but it is a drug that's going to help those people function better and live longer, and it's going to be available in Connecticut soon. My colleague, Dr. Kevin Felice, over at the Hospital for Special Care, is really the resident expert in ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease. He runs the ALS Association Clinic there at the Hospital for Special Care, and he's going to be on the show towards the end of the month, but I wanted people to be, realize that there's work being done in this area. What's also interesting is this work is being done in Japan. Um, this is from a Japanese drug maker who has done all this work. It used to be all these things came from the United States. So something has changed here. And maybe we ought to be looking at that on a larger scale. And my last item that I wanted to discuss was uh, an article that was published. Actually, it was a, an article published 40 years ago. Um, nearly 40 years ago, in 1980, in the New England Journal of Medicine, a respected doctor wrote to the New England Journal that out of 40,000 patients given powerful drugs in a Boston hospital, only four addictions were documented. That letter is being attributed to the opioid epidemic. Well, I have a hard time making that association. By the same token, it was a letter published in the New England Journal. There was no scientific basis for his statement. It was based on medical records that were not computerized at the time. Yet, 
By the same token, that article has been cited more than 600 times. That letter has been cited more than 600 times, often inaccurately, by the fact that addiction is rare. Now, it depends on how you look at this. Many people have been given narcotic medications. If you're in the hospital, you have surgery, you're going to probably get a narcotic medication. And not everybody becomes addicted. So you have to look at this from the standpoint, people who are given chronic prescriptions for opioids may have a better chance of becoming addicts. The reason I'm bringing this up is because one of the things we emphasize on this program is before we want to talk about things, before we want that word to get out, there has to be evidence-based medicine behind it. There's no evidence-based medicine behind a letter to the editor. It's, it's, it's an opinion. Yet it has been cited and people have made decisions based on that information that did not have a good foundation. And the reason for discussing this is if you read the newspaper, if you are watching TV, if you're listening to the radio, many of the opinions you're hearing and the products that are being sold to you do not have a good foundation in medical science, which is something we believe in here on Healthy Rounds. Next up, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be back with my guest, Dr. Jennifer Penoyer. We're talking about dermatology, skin cancer, and other products that are used in cosmetics. The phone numbers here are 860-522-9842 and 1-800-966-9842. You're listening to Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080. Where it began. I can't begin to know it, but then I know it's growing strong. No mistaking that is Neil Diamond, who will be at the Mohegan Sun next week. And uh, this week, tonight, I will be at ringside for reality fighting, MMA. There's so much going on at Mohegan Sun. Actually, tonight, uh, the barbecue uh, competition is going to be going on, so I have to get there early um, so I can get to the barbecue before I go to the fights. Uh, just so much going on at Mohegan Sun. The summer is kicking off at Mohegan Sun. Uh, and uh, just keep track of it on their website. And obviously the new hotel, the Earth Hotel, uh, is something you'll want to check out. Well, it gives me great pleasure to introduce my guest today, Dr. Jennifer Penoyer. Dr. Penoyer is the principal of Penoyer Dermatology over at 47 Jolly Drive, Bloomfield, Connecticut. And she is a board-certified dermatologist uh, and on the staff of the with the other physicians at St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center. Jen, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Tony. Uh, by way of full disclosure, as we do on this show, Dr. Penoyer is now my dermatologist. Um, and uh, as I said, I do not recommend people who I would not use for myself or my family. And Dr. Penoyer fits the bill. Um, welcome back, actually. Uh, you were on, it's about a year or two ago. I think we do most Mays because it's, uh, is it, was it May? Melanoma. It's my cycle. Okay. Let's, let's get right into it. Um, people are concerned and should be concerned about skin cancer, but the statistics are fairly staggering. Can you go over some of those? The statistics are really staggering. Somebody dies every hour from skin cancer in the United States, and that means about 75,000 new cases of melanoma will be diagnosed this year, and over 2 million cases of basal cell carcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma will be diagnosed. These, these numbers are staggering, but I feel like 
even though we're saying these numbers, a lot of people just want to get tan. It's finally sunny out and they feel like, God, I need some color. Um, so I don't think the perception is there that, that it's an epidemic the way I view it. Is it cultural that people want to get tan? I think it is. You know, when we grew up in the era where being chocolate brown was a good thing, and the pediatrician said, oh, go get some color. Your kid will look more healthy. Um, So my mother didn't put sunscreen on us. So it's hard to change those patterns. And for some people, the only way they know how to relax is to be on the beach and and feel the, the warmth of the sun. We've got to change those patterns and get you under an umbrella. As you had mentioned earlier, you know, doing the sun protective clothing is so important. It just gives you that much less to worry about. Um, but changing really the way you the way you go about your summer vacation. It's interesting because most people became tan was not because they were relaxing, okay? They were working in a field somewhere in some developing nation. So uh, it's interesting how things have evolved. Uh, let's talk about skin protection. SPF. What is SPF? What do people need to know about SPF? Uh, SPF is sun protection factor, and you really want to go with an SPF 30 or above. Anything over that would be great. Um, I actually am a big believer that to go big or go home. Uh, so I wear 80 to 100 on my body and, and at least a, a 30 or 40 on my face. Well, it, no, wait, is that a fallacy then? Because people have said anything over 30 is wasted. Uh, Obviously is, not, if you're is, using it that. It is not a fallacy. Uh, we know that people put on about a quarter to a third of the amount that they should put on, so they're not getting the correct application amount. And we also know that when you rub it in, you don't get the same SPF number as when they test it. They test it with white on the surface, which you and I aren't going to do. Uh, okay. We're going to rub it in. So you're usually getting about a third to a half of that number that you have on the bottle. So my SPF 30 really is not an SPF 30. It's, it's you know, some hopefully around a, a 20 because I'm going to rub it in, but I'm going to use plenty, which is a shot glass full or an ounce, and I'm going to apply that 30 minutes prior to going out. So you should go with 80 to 100. I do it on the body. I don't want to do it that high on my face because you're more likely to get some acne uh, and be more occlusive. It gets a little bit thicker. You know, it's really a matter of getting it in the form that you will use it. I've never heard that before. In other words, that you could get acne from it. Well, if at the higher levels, they tend to be with zinc and titanium um, and a little bit thicker. So you... I would recommend getting one that's specifically for the face. Those tend to be a little bit more cosmetically elegant and aren't so thick. If I give my kids something that feels like toothpaste, they're not putting it on. Um, So I want something a little bit thinner than that um, that's going to spread nicely and not leave you looking like Casper the ghost. So you mentioned children. Let's talk about that because there's clearly been a cultural shift now that I have grandchildren. Okay. I mean, even the little kids know that they got to put this stuff on. Isn't it interesting? I mean, it's great. We would just go out and play. Okay. But they know to get their big pink tube of the stuff. It looks like a giant toothpaste thing and put it on. So are we seeing that more commonly? Is that? I think, you know, studies are very clear that you have to get those kids trained sort of to make that part of their normal behavior before kind of the middle school years. If you start to try and educate and change their behaviors around 12, 13 and high school, it just doesn't work. They're going to do what their friends are doing. Um, But if you start early in life, it's really important. It shows that they will 
keep going with the sunscreen use. You know, the sun isn't the same as when it was when you and I grew up. The sun is much stronger, and that's why our skin cancer rates are up about 77%. Really? I think that's a political debate this week, but <laughs> I, I, I don't see it as being much of a debate. So, no, um, not really. But uh, well, let me, let me, along the same thing, what areas of the body are most important to be covered? You know, I think the most exposed and what we do the most cutting on is faces, arms, and hands, um, and scalps for men, balding scalps. Um, that's what's exposed day in, day out. So that's where we accumulate the most sun damage. I'm constantly taking skin cancers off people's lower back or butt even, and they're saying, oh, I promise you I did not nudie sunbathe. <laughs> I say, well, it doesn't necessarily mean that you had the most sun exposure here. It means you had a bad burn. You might have missed the sunscreen at that low back butt junction and got a bad burn there. And even just those isolated bad burns put you at much higher risk. So that's why we're so careful with the kids. You know, a couple bad burns really increases their risks. Uh, you had mentioned we were talking about off the air. So CVS is no longer selling low SPF Correct. Sunscreens. Yeah. So SPF 15 and above is all they'll sell. They've also taken off the market um, a lot of the preservatives that aren't so good for us, uh, the formaldehyde-releasing uh, preservatives and the phenethalates, um, which is better for all of us. Those are things that we don't know the long-term of. We don't have scientific evidence that they cause cancer, and they are used in such a small amount in all cosmetics, not just sunscreens. Wow. And CVS has partnered with the American Cancer Society and said, you know what, by 2019, we're going to take those out of all cosmetic products that we sell in our pharmacies, which is great. Wow, that's interesting. We're chatting with Dr. Jennifer Penoyer today. About skin cancer, we're going to be talking about bug bites. We're going to be talking about some cosmetic dermatology um, with her. Let me give you the phone numbers again, 860-522-9842 and 1-800-966-9842. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be back. You're listening to Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080. <laughs> We're back on Healthy Rounds. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Alessi, and today we're chatting with Dr. Jennifer Penoyer, who's a dermatologist over at Penoyer Dermatology, and uh, she is at 47 Jolly Drive in Bloomfield. The phone number there is 860-243-3002. Jen, we were talking a little bit. We touched on sun protective clothing. Uh, when did that all start and what should people know? What should the listeners know about purchasing the right clothing to protect themselves with an SPF protection? Right. Uh, the, the UPF clothing is now much more available. You know, it's been out for 15, 20 years, but it used to be uh, a lot less fashionable, not so good looking. And the people that were using it were the, were looking as my kids would say, like Darth Vader on the, uh, <laughs> okay. on the beach, there was these big clothes that looked like more like a flak jacket, uh, than anything. And nowadays you can find cover-ups and rash guards that are really fashionable and people don't necessarily know that they have the UPF factor, uh, into them. The interesting thing about that UPF factor is it's rated, you know, from 15 to 50, 15 is good. 
50 is excellent. That means that one in 50 uh, ultraviolet rays gets through it. Um, And those are made in such a way that you can wash that 100 times and that's still going to protect you from the sun. So it's it's really a great clothing and I highly recommend it because then you only have to worry about less body surface area to cover up. If you know you're going to be in the water all day with your kids, put on one of those rash guard shirts that's got a UPF of 50 and then you just got to worry about your face and, and hands. What's a rash guard? Rash guard shirt. Those are those ones that are more lycra containing and they go, they oh. match your bathing suit. They feel like a bathing suit and they're a long sleeve shirt that you Excellent. wear in the water. And they also are, are wicking so that, you know, they dry fast when you get out. Wow, I had no idea uh, because I see more and more people wearing it and especially children. It's funny seeing a kid come to the beach these days because they have the whole outfit that is all sun protection. So it is is pretty interesting and cute. Um, we have a call. Uh, let me grab this one. We have Nick from Manchester. Nick, welcome to the show. Hello. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot the doctor's name. This is Dr. Pinoyer is with us today. Dr. Pinoyer, you're a dermatologist? Correct. Hello? Yes. Yes, she's a dermatologist. Um, I'm recovering in the recovery stage now from having like a two and a half year bout of bullous pemphigoid. And I I have, um, although the severe blistering, itching and rashes and all that is subsided, my skin is so thin, it's like wet tissue paper and tears very easily. Could you comment on this, please? Uh, give me a Great cool topic. Water. Great topic. To- Nick, can I ask how old are you? I'm uh, go- soon to be 69. Okay, okay. Uh, I, that's a great question. Is, is it something you see in older folks or talk it's, about a little bit? Everybody can thin out their skin as they age. A lot of times with bullous pemphigoid and some of those blistering diseases, you ha- are on long-term steroids for a while, and that will thin out your skin even more. But really what's thinning out our skin as we age is sun damage. The ultraviolet breaks down that collagen. Think of that. Think of collagen like scaffolding under the skin that's holding your blood vessels and everything in place so that without all that scaffolding holding everything nice and tight the littlest trauma to your forearm creates a tear creates a big bruise that can look purplish black for for two weeks there um so that's a normal change with sun damage made worse with prednisone which you probably were on for the bullous pemphigoid there's not a great way of reversing that um and really we just try to protect the skin they do make now interestingly both for sun protection and for and for um physical protection sleeves and that's so that the the cotton uh, sleeve will take the trauma um, rather than your skin uh, to protect you. You know, I've had patients do the simplest thing as taking a tube sock and um, wearing it on their sleeve around the house because they didn't want to have more purplish uh, marks or tears. Sure. Um, but it's really a difficult thing to try and rebuild your collagen under the skin. I don't have a perfect cure for that. Nick, great question. Thank yeah, you. Now I, hello? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I, I did start off on a high dose um, daily and whittled my way down to a, a, a management dose of um, prednisone, and what I need, which was only five a day, and it would stop the itching or help with stopping the itching and the blistering um, until I got off last November. But it's now, I need to know if the prednisone has very two and a half years worth of use has very lingering effects because my skin from my knees down, I dropped a magazine on my foot 
and I, I have a silver dollar size gaping hole where mm. where it hits. Yep. Typically, the other parts of my body are a little tougher, but my shin area, for the most part, is very, very susceptible to um, cuts. Yep. And I'm worried about infections, of course. Okay. All right. No, I think that's Nick, a reasonable. Thanks, you guys. We're coming up on a break. Going to hang up, but we're going to answer your question on the okay, air. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, interesting because he talks about bullous pemphigoid. Right. And what is it? Bullous pemphigoid is an autoimmune disease that happens as in elderly people as we age. And it's fairly common and where you get immune, uh, immune-mediated blisters, meaning your body's immune system goes to the skin and tells your body to make a blister. Um, it happens in a certain distribution. And then the... The problem with this is you can have all these opening air, open areas on the skin that can get infected, land you in the hospital. It's also incredibly uncomfortable and incredibly itchy. Uh, so it's going to be a long-term maintenance uh, process for him as far as getting him down to a, a reasonable dose of prednisone. Sometimes we can manage it with other medications um, and topicals, which are always going to be safer. So you know, you'd want to get him off the prednisone if you can, tapering slowly because you don't want him to flare up and land back in the hospital um, because you know all of those things have side effects. Switching gears, I want to get out to bug bites. Uh, the tick population is supposed to be really high this year, uh, as well as other bugs because of the climate conditions leading up to this. What could people do? You know, it's it's been crazy already in our office this year. I think we've taken off about 16 ticks off of patients who have just come in for body checks. Wow. <laughs> and they don't even know Not they knowing have they them had it. They didn't know. We, I feel like we are uh, single-handedly taking them all off. Um, I wish I could say that there was something that predictably would, would prevent you from getting bit. I think the DEET-containing uh, insect sprays are helpful. I would put on your sunscreen first and then the, the insect spray. Um, I think nothing is going to 100% protect you. There are some uh, reports of eucalyptus oil being somewhat helpful in preventing uh, ticks from biting you. Uh, I think the best thing that I recommend is using that roller sticky paper that we all have uh, in the winter. I have to use it on my overcoat because I have a yellow dog. Um, and I, I sticky papered um, myself and my kids when we came in from a hike. And we had some ticks on it. Uh, we did the lower legs, and I, I actually just had them take off all their clothes, and I threw it all in the in the laundry. Um, but just trying to get all the ticks off of your clothes, off of your sneaks and socks when you come in from the outside. I actually never thought of that. Uh, one of the things we talked a little bit – well, one of the things I found uh, when traveling and camping or in Haiti, um, these pre-traded fabrics like – they're almost like um, uh, they're almost like a, a sleeping bag, but they're thin and they're tr- are they effective? Those are effective if you can find them. I, I had used those once on a trip, um, and it was I think we got it at REI yeah. or EMS, one yeah. of those stores. Um, but those are effective. Um, oh, I think that's worth it. Plants to avoid. Okay, uh, I mean, uh, when you're walking out into the woods. What should you stay away from? What's the rule of thumb? Because rule of thumb. I'm certainly not that good at this, but 
And a lot of people are not good All right, at if it. I see a golf ball, if I see my golf ball there, why should I not reach for it? What leaf should I avoid? Leaves of three. Just as, as a general rule, you know, I used to have this great calendar that had all the, all the seasons with poison ivy and poison oak and all of those. They can be different colors. Don't go by red or green or yellow or white. Um, just anything with leaves of three, just avoid it. Yes, there's a few in there that are not uh, going to give you allergic contact dermatitis, but I think by avoiding leaves of three, you're, you're pretty good. And if you know you got it in it, then definitely go in and wash your hands really well. Get the oils off of you. The other place where people get it that they don't realize is off their dogs. My dogs go running through the woods. And whenever we come in the house, I'll take just a rag and shimmy down their back and try to get the oils off of their fur. Because then they lean up against you and just deposit it on your shin. Ted, your dogs take a lot of your time. Okay, I just I, I don't. I hope your kids aren't feeling left out. Um, we're going to take a short break. Now we're going to be back with Dr. Jen Penoyer, and we're talking about. We have a call that we'll get to as soon as we get back, and we want to talk a little bit about some cosmetic products. You're listening to Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080. We're back on Healthy Rounds. In our last segment, we are with Dr. Jennifer Penoyer, and uh, we have Charles from Hartford. Charles, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. How are you? All right. You have a question for us. Uh, yes. I, I have a problem with uh, blackheads, I think, in my on my nose. Okay. Uh, I, I've been trying to something to, to eliminate them, I guess. I can squeeze my nose, and it's it's every other day of uh, once a week, and it's full. All right, all right. We're going to get to that. I'm going to hang up on you. And we're going to answer the question right now. Thank Thanks for calling, much. Charles. Blackheads. You know, it's interesting. Um, on as we age, all of us, our pores get bigger as we age, especially on the nose, and you know you notice it more. Some people have really oily skin and sort of sebaceous skin is what I would call it. And so, if you were to squeeze their nose kind of this uh, white, yellowy, cheesy stuff comes out. And that's just your sebaceous glands coming out. So you want to be sure, is it blackheads? Is it that dark brown? Or is it just some people say, look at this, and squeeze their nose, and it's just that uh, cheesy stuff. That's your oil glands. Enjoy it. You're going to wrinkle less than the average person. A little bit more oil is going to be beneficial to you. Um, but if this truly is blackheads, um, you really want to exfoliate, and we use the vitamin A derivative. So there's two ways we can go about this. Um, over the counter, you could use uh, a retinol product and uh, Adapalene, uh, A-D-A-P-A-L-E-N-E, uh, 0.1% gel, just became over the counter about a month ago. And that is different. That is a Retin-A derivative. And that exfoliates the outer layer of skin and is the best thing on the market for blackheads and whiteheads. But here's the, here's the problem. Everybody wants to get better faster. So what do they do? They slather that adapalene or retinol on their nose, wow. and then they're a cherry tomato. Yeah. It can be irritating. So a little bit goes a long way, and I would start every other night, and I would use um, a little bit less than a green pea-sized uh, and just and just go very slowly. If you got irritated, back off. Take a couple days off. You will get there. It just may be a couple weeks. Skin is slow. Are we seeing a lot less acne even among teenagers? I don't think so. No, no not I mean, at we all. see Accutane now. I mean, we never had that when I was young or sure. those Actually, drugs and things Tony, like you're that. You're not that old. <laughs> 
it was out. It's about 70 years old, uh, Accutane. So Accutane is high doses of vitamin A. Uh, cut yourself some slack there. Okay, um, a little bit. And that is reserved for people who are treatment-resistant resistant acne or scarring or cystic acne. So you've got to fail all the normal modalities of treatment before you can go on Accutane. But Accutane is really a miracle and wonderful in many ways because uh, for those people that are scarring and nothing else works, we can stop that scarring. And in 80% of kids or adults that we put through that five-month treatment, you're done with your acne for good. It cures you. Um, So it's really amazing. All right. Moving along on my topics here. What is a peel? Chemical peels are a combination of acids or it can be one acid that uh, aims to exfoliate the skin uh, sometimes, depending on the acids that we use, can target more acne-prone skin with the salicylic acids. Um, it can target pigment with glycolic acids and some of the other acids. Um, and it can also induce some tightening. So by having a, a light to moderate chemical peel, you can induce some collagen as well. So we're talking about reducing acne. We're talking about evening out pigment. We're talking about uh, decreasing fine lines and wrinkles. Um, but, it, you know, depending on how much of a peel you do, you could have some, uh, a lot of dead skin and some peeling and a little bit of not looking so great for a couple of days. Do peels need to be administered by like a professional aesthetician or, I mean, because, right, they sell them everywhere now, right? Right. I mean, you can get little masks and, and peels over the counter that are going to exfoliate a little bit. They're not, they're not very strong. But they're not dangerous. Um, they or can, can they be. be. That's what they I want to know. Be. What are the hazards to this? The hazards are some people are really sensitive. And when you make these products for the general population, you don't know the sensitivity involved. Also, they also usually contain some fragrances, some preservatives, other things, which you may be allergic to. So I do see on occasion people come in and say, oh, my gosh, I just tried. My daughter had this mask. She brought home and we tried it. And their face is bright red, itchy, rashy. They're a mess. Um, so you, they're not without their uh, downfalls. Um, so if you're more sensitive and you have a history of reactions to things, maybe not for you. Do peels get rid of wrinkles? They can, they can really help, certainly. And usually in a series of peels because nobody nowadays does the deeper peels. We used to do a lot of that 15, 20 years ago when I first started in practice. We would do these great peels. They were really fun. Um, but they had a lot of two weeks of downtime um, and they would would get some great results. Nowadays, we can do that with less, those same results with less downtime with laser. And that's why we don't do the deeper peels as much right now. Um, the lighter peels, you can go back to work, you can look presentable. And in a series of peels, you can get a good result. I love the way you say they were really fun, Jen. So <laughs> do you really enjoy your job? I love much? my job. I love my job. Because I was going to ask you, what made you want to go into dermatology? Uh, You know what? Most things that people think are gross, I think are terrific. And there was never a cut or an injury on the playground that I didn't have my nose looking at it. Uh, So I like what other people would think is gross. Um, And I enjoy all the surgery and the procedure part of it. I enjoy the, the kids and the all age groups. It's, it's fun. Well, I'll tell you what, it comes across, uh, it comes across in talking to you. It comes across in your office and your entire staff. So, uh, so for our listeners, uh, if you need a dermatologist, contact Dr. Jennifer Penoyer. The phone number is 860-243-3002 at Penoyer Dermatology, 47 Jolly Drive in Bloomfield. 
Jen, thanks again for coming and uh, thanks for everything you do. Um, what a great setup you have. What a great office. It's very accommodating and your staff is super. Uh, they really are. And I pay close attention to that in terms of getting an appointment, getting in on time and just being pleasant. It, it's, it was a good experience. Thank you, Tony. I can't say enough. Thank you. Thanks, thanks again. Ah, next week on Healthy Rounds, we're going to be chatting with my good friend, Dr. Michael Joyce, and we're going to be talking about some orthopedic joint replacement. We're also going to be talking about the KJ Life flag football tournament. Many thanks to our studio producer, Michael, who's on the board today. Jeff Chandler is in charge of sales and marketing for Healthy Rounds. Next up on WTIC is Garden Talk with Len. Please remember to help save lives. You can do that today by becoming an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Do it today by going to registerme.org. Until next week, please stay healthy. This has been Healthy Rounds with Dr. Anthony Alessi and is sponsored by St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center, Big Y Pharmacy and Wellness Center, Ratchford Eye Center, Coveris, and the Connecticut State Medical Society. Be sure to tune in next Saturday morning at 11 for more Healthy Rounds on WTIC, News Talk 1080, and WTIC.com. Until then, stay well.